This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, August 26, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. The president is toying with using executive action to make it easier to give more green cards to some highly skilled workers. Alex Narasta, a policy analyst at the Cato Institute, evaluates the likely changes. There's a lot of talk right now about executive actions the president could take going forward about immigration that he could take without Congress having to pass a law. Most people are focusing on what he can do to help legalize some of the unauthorized immigrants currently in the U.S., but there appears to be some actions he can take to streamline the legal immigration system, especially for highly skilled workers. All right. So what does that what does that entail? So under the current system, there's about 140,000 green cards set aside every year for uh, highly skilled workers, but only about 45% of those actually go to the workers. The rest of them go to the workers' families, you know, their spouse, their small children, etc. So, and it's not clear why exactly those green cards are counted in that way, why family members get a majority of these worker green cards in the first place. Uh, in the statute, it doesn't say that family members should be counted against the cap. In the regulations written, uh, to uh, explain this law and how it will be uh, carried out and enforced. There is nothing that says that family members should be counted against the cap. It appears to be nothing more than bureaucratic or administrative inertia and tradition that has uh, prompted family members to be counted against the cap. So it's, uh, it's likely, under the way current law stands, that the president could issue an executive order stating that only workers will be counted against the green card cap going forward. Which, I mean, if, if that's correct, then that's an entirely correct use of an executive order to direct the federal workforce to behave in a certain way with respect to executing the law. Absolutely. It's uh, guidance on how to interpret the law and how to enforce the law using the statutes and regulations on the books as guidance. Now, what this executive order could do if it was put into effect is essentially double the number of highly skilled immigrants coming in every year on an employment-based green card, essentially wiping out the long wait times for some of these visas, as long as a decade for Indians, for instance, coming to the United States, uh, without decreasing the family immigration. Because in the statute, it says that the uh, family members are entitled to the uh, same status, legal immigration status, that the worker is uh, granted when he comes into the United States. But what it doesn't say is that that should be counted against the cap uh, going forward. So essentially, you could double the number of highly skilled green card workers coming in without decreasing their ability to bring their families over. Of course, in, this is all within the context that most of this is used for tech workers, as you say. But that cap, in terms of allowing those people to come over, is ridiculously small, right? Yeah, I mean, 140,000 is very small. Uh, every year, we have about 1.1 million legal immigrants to the United States. Um, the vast majority of those are family members of current Americans or green card holders. So this is one of the few small areas of legal immigration actually set aside for workers. And it turns out, just to a bureaucratic, due to a bureaucratic interpretation of this law, most of that goes to family members too. And as a political matter, uh, highly skilled workers are those that the public most favors allowing uh, greater access to the United States. Yeah. I mean, the, the majority of these workers have a master's or PhD degree. All of them are college educated and in areas of the economy 
that and work in areas of the U.S. economy that are growing substantially, where there's very low unemployment, in which employers, American employers, have to show that there are no Americans uh, able to do that job or willing to do that job uh, right now. They have to go through a long bureaucratic process just to get the authority to hire these folks going forward. This process costs ten to thirty-five thousand dollars per employee. What this would do, uh, this reform, this executive order would streamline that process, open it up to far more workers, and allow a lot of American industry to grow by getting the talent they require. Does it change at all the process that employers have to go through uh, in terms of as you say, jumping through a bunch of hoops before they can hire? No, it wouldn't change any of that. Those, uh, those, that process, that bureaucratic process, is spelled out in minute detail in the statutes and regulations. Uh, so there's not a whole lot of wiggle room for executive orders to clear that up. Now we are approaching uh, midterm elections. Is there any likelihood that uh, either this year or next year that we'll see anything change? I think there's a low chance that we're going to see Congress pass a bill that the president will sign into law having to do with immigration. There might be a small piecemeal bill here or there to reform certain aspects of the system, but the likelihood that a large bill like we saw in 2013 would be considered, I think, is very low. It's also worth considering that the president is trying to engage in these executive actions. and they're going to be extremely politically unpopular on the right and for a lot of Republicans and a lot of restrictionists as well are not going to be happy with anything he does. So if he combines his temporary legalization of some illegal immigrants with an executive order that streamlines the legal immigration system for high-tech workers, he can at least get one more constituency on his side not screaming at him and opposing him when he does any of his other executive uh, actions going forward. Alex Narasta is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute covering immigration. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.